Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There are a lot of sports fans who lament the idea in Major League Baseball that there is not a salary cap, an actual salary cap structure. There is a luxury tax penalty and it has become exponentially a burden more and more for teams who go farther over this the luxury tax threshold that's what it's called it's not a salary cap you can spend as much money as you want in major league baseball and the contracts are fully guaranteed but there is a luxury tax threshold that once crossed kicks in an extra amount of money that you have to pay into the 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 cauldron you have to pay into the pie so to speak and the more you go over that luxury tax threshold wherever it's set the more money you have to pay and it becomes exponentially more punitive the more you spend over the threshold okay so you don't have to limit your spending, but you do have to contribute more into the Major League Baseball fund that essentially then divvies up the money among those clubs that don't that they they don't make as much money as you do. So it's a, it's trying to level the playing field, but it actually doesn't. I, I think what it does for those teams who don't spend the money, it just lines the pockets of the owners, right? So that they get that money. They can choose to use it for their clubs, but not all, not all of them do. It's not mandated. But I will say this, the idea behind the luxury tax threshold maybe gives some teams pause. This is why we've seen longtime spenders like the, the Yankees and Red Sox. I'll just use those two examples because over the course of the last few years, both of the front offices of those two teams, again, long-time big spenders in Major League Baseball, have attempted to get under the luxury tax threshold because they don't want to be paying through the nose in taxes. Not real taxes, but baseball taxes. Because what happens is you're actually funding your fellow owners. You're putting money in the pockets of your competitors. And again, should they choose to use that money to pour back into their roster, you could actually be paying for players on other teams. So the the whole idea of it 
baseball was hoping that it would cause teams to shy away. And it has in some cases. It has caused some teams to lower their spending and to divest themselves of very expensive pieces. Not all of them. We still see big spenders. Steve Cohen couldn't care less what he pays in luxury taxes. I would say the Padres, though we'll see what happens this year, they would have paid through the nose. They would have paid anything for a a World Series, though they didn't get it. And now it seems after a really bad season in which most of their deals did not work out, they're backpedaling. That's how quickly they gave up the ghost there. But there are teams, the Dodgers, they don't care about going over a luxury tax threshold because they're very popular. They make a lot of money. And they believe the World Series are worth it. But the idea, theoretically, is that if you go over it, the more and more you pour into your own roster, the more and more you pay other owners who could then use that money to buy players themselves. All right, so in theory, it's a nice idea, but it's not been a deterrent for those teams that really want to spend. I know the, the moves blew up royally for the Mets last year, but that owner is willing to spend every last dollar he's got, essentially, to try to put together the pieces for a World Series. So in college football, my point is that this 6 or $7 million price tag that Matt Rule refers to for some of the best players That is not available to every school. Not every school can afford that. Now, does every Power 5 school have a massive football budget? Sure. Do they all have boosters? Yes. But it's not competitive, and it won't remain competitive. It won't level out if schools can actually lure the top players for 6 or $7 million. And... To be fair, I can't imagine why any student, now that it's no longer under the table, it's no longer illegal, you can get away with pay-for-play by lining it up as an NIL endorsement. Why would any family turn that down for a college student? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. We didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. I had to rely on scholarships and then federally subsidized loans to get through college. Thankfully, I had more of the former than the latter for undergrad, so I didn't have a lot of loans getting out of undergrad. But I borrowed $20,000 to go to Syracuse for a year, and it took me 20 years to pay it off. If someone had offered me 6 or $7 million to play a sport, I would have gone anywhere they said. That kind of money is generational money for most families. It's not just your generation and your household. That can be seed money for generations to come. As much as we hear high-profile prospects, so the best prospects of any sport, any class, well, not any class, because there are rules about how young well, I guess theoretically how old you have to be in order to declare for the draft. But there are also 
situations like baseball where high school players can get drafted. And if you're drafted at the top and you make a huge contract with signing bonus money right away, again, that's really difficult to turn down. If you're an NBA player, I'm sorry, you're a college basketball player who wants to be an NBA player, or you're a top quarterback in the in the uh, college football ranks, but you want to go to the NFL. We have this debate all the time. What's best for a player? Well, there's that lure of the money. What if he gets hurt? What if he's not as good next year? What if he falls in the draft? He gave up millions of dollars. But now we're talking about high school students going to college or a college student who can freely take money that's offered to him with no worries about getting caught, with no worries about violating rules. There's no way to moderate or monitor the money that's coming. It's the wild, wild west when it comes to NIL. There's no way to prove that it's pay for play, and it, but essentially that's what it is. If you can find a booster or a corporate sponsor who will shell out a million dollars, two million dollars, and you can stand in a high school player's living room and tell his family that you've already got one to two million dollars available for him, or you can reach out to a quarterback in the transfer portal and say, we can give you two million right now to come play for us. How do you turn that down? And why would you? They're offering you the chance to play. You're looking to transfer anyway. Man, things have changed. These are no longer amateur athletes. Well, some of them are, but not the ones making six to seven million dollars. Just think the point for most athletes or families is to to go to college is to graduate to get a job that pays you right. a, you know a, a seven six seven million dollars salary. You're getting this now before you even enter year one of college. So how could you deny that when the whole point of college is to graduate and get the opportunity to get a high, well-paying job? And, and you get your that. education for free. Right. Although I don't know if the education matters as much when you're making six to seven it's million dollars. It's just so hard to say no to because it's all, it's it's the point of college yeah. right there before you even have to do any of the college. Mm-hmm. But you do have to go so you can, you have to be enrolled in classes right. theoretically so that you can play. Sure. But, but What's the incentive to get your education? Exactly. You'd have to be a total self-starter and really care about the education part of it. Wow. We certainly knew that athletes were getting offered money, lured with, with money, and we've heard about guys who are signing NIL contracts that are paying them over a million, over a million dollars. Even a couple female athletes, but six to seven million dollars. Talk about changing landscape in college football. It's more than a lot of NFL players make. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The rank and file in the NFL, they don't make a million dollars a year. Right. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Speaking of quarterbacks, because, yes, we are, in fact, speaking of quarterbacks. But, no, 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 the pro quarterbacks. But it wasn't that long ago that Bryce Young was actually in the college ranks. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it caught? Oh, my goodness, it's caught. From under center, steps back, throws the fade. Cooper Cup got it! Touchdown LA! Burrow back to throw. Looking, firing deep for Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's 
Got him! Yes! Touchdown! Joe Burrow and the Bengals! Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Hand off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone. Touchdown! Chargers! Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo! Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. Bryce Young is now adjusting to a new interim head coach, new offensive coordinator, new guy calling the plays. It's really a mishmash. It's really a hodgepodge. It's all hands on deck for the Panthers in the wake of the Frank Reich firing. The team is 1-10, and and now it's Chris Tabor in charge, and Bryce showing some compassion for his fired head coach. It's really hard. Um, You know, again, it... These are, you know, real relationships. You know, these are people, you know, people's lives, of course. And, um, again, you you spend, I don't know, you know, you spend almost double-digit hours a day um, at times, um, you know, just in the the building and, um, you know, day after day after day. um, You know, so much time is spent. And, obviously, you build a strong bond and strong relationship over that time. It's hard. It's a really harsh reality of of the business. There's all things that we could have done better. We all wanted to do better. And it's, you know, it's a collective unit. There's no... There's no finger pointing from players, coaches, to nothing. Like there's no, we all, um, we all could have been better. We have to improve. Bryce Young is the number one overall draft pick. The Panthers traded up to draft. And according to David Tepper, it was a consensus decision to go with Bryce over CJ Stroud. Has not worked out for anyone really. But I agree with Bryce that there's, so much that they all could have done better. This is definitely not on Frank Reich, but it does fall at his feet. And we know David Tepper is extremely impatient, despite what he may say. So Tabor now goes from special teams coach to interim head coach. What is he telling Bryce Young before week 13? My message to everybody is, is let's, let's go out and play and, and have some fun. Play loose. Uh, not reckless, but play loose. Hey, here's my chips. I'm all in, you know. So, so let's go. And I, I think that I think that can be comforting to players. Um, and and he's going to play well. I just I just know he will. The Panthers are at the Buccaneers in a classic NFC South battle. The Bucks have won one of their last seven games. Could you imagine if Baker Mayfield and the Bucks lose to the Panthers? I suck today. We suck today. It was awful. Tampa in Tampa. Could you imagine? Tom Brady will turn over in his future grave. You want to think, you want to hear what he has to say now versus what he might say if the Bucks lose to the Panthers. He'll be torching the NFL. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's got to be must-see TV. Only because Baker might lose his mind if they do not beat the Panthers. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. <laughs> Christopher Tabor also admits, by the way, that he's the one who fired both the running back and assistant head coach, Drew Staley, as well as quarterbacks coach, Josh McCown, which also affects Bryce Young. I made those decisions. And as I mentioned earlier in my opening statement, coaching is about relationships. And I I respect both those coaches as people and and coaches. And and, uh, I'm going to keep our talks uh, in-house and what... Anything that we do, we're always trying to to continue to improve our team. 
Do you think it would be any different if DJ Moore was still on the roster? I don't know that it would, but they don't have a legitimate number one wide receiver. I'm not even sure they have a number two wide receiver, to be perfectly honest. Other than Adam Thielen, can you name anyone on the roster? And it, oh, I'm sorry, the, the receivers. And it's a first year in with the Panthers for him, and he's adjusting to a rookie QB. I just, I, it's not on Bryce Soley, but he's not ready, I don't think. It's not on Frank Reich and the offensive coaches. They're not the ones out there who are throwing the interceptions or making poor decisions or unable to read defenses. I, I don't know. You think about the pieces that they have around Bryce Young, and I'm not sure how they're set up to succeed anyway. You know how I know one of their receivers, Jonathan Mingo, is because I see him every week on my, in my fantasy league's waiver wire because he's not on any team. That's see, there weapons. you go. That's their number one guy. I guess he's number two behind Thielen, but... But Thielen's your number one guy? Yeah, that's the point, yeah. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Not sure it gets better in Carolina, but Chris Tabor, come on down. Also in the NFC South, well, the Saints are below 500 because misery loves company in the South Division. And Derek Carr maybe feeling the losing just a little bit, exasperated by the questions about... How you fix the red zone offense that's been abysmal for the Saints? I don't know, man. You gotta ask Coach Pete and DA, uh, myself. When you ask us, we're not gonna be able to give you all the answers that everyone wants to hear on the things we're trying to work to do better uh, schematics and player and all those kind of things. And so you're gonna keep asking the same question. I'm gonna keep giving a lot of words and no answer, you know, because I'm not gonna tell you. That's as rude as Derek Carr gets. He's actually a really nice guy, and he doesn't like being rude. He's very passionate. As we know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. I'm just pissed off. But he never takes it out on anyone else. It's really impressive, actually. I still am so impressed by the fact that he refused to throw anyone in Las Vegas under the bus after they booted him and tried to make it seem like it was a mutual decision that Derek Carr leave the team. He even was classy about it and represented them at the Pro Bowl. He was. That's right. He who laughs last laughs the loudest. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up, I hope this is a game that lives up to the possibilities, lives up to the potential. Seahawks and Cowboys. Thursday night football to kick off week 13. And, yeah, the Seahawks could use a little boost in their offense. As always, it starts with our run game. It starts with the discipline um, with, without the penalties and, you know, eliminating the penalties and, and going out and playing clean football. But it always starts up front. Um, it starts with balance. It starts with being efficient uh, in terms of the passing game. Uh, it starts with being a lot better on third down and in the red zone and overall just making plays. If you remember how the Seahawks began the season, well, they did lose to the Rams 30-13, to so that was their first game. But then against the Lions, 37, against the Panthers, 37, against the Giants, 24. They lose to the Bengals, only score 13 points. You can see the numbers start to dwindle. Cardinals, they beat but only score 20. Against the Browns, they only score 24. They get blasted by the Ravens. Remember that game in Baltimore, only managing a field goal. Their last two games have been losses inside the West Division, in which they've scored a combined 29 points. But Gino says all hope is not lost. We still got those same players and same coaches. And so uh, I, I trust in our process. I believe in the players around me. I believe in the coaches. I believe in myself. Pete Carroll is saying the best way 
to be competitive in Dallas is to jump out early. And and that's true. Once the Cowboys offense gets a full head of steam at home, you better watch out. So that's not rocket science. If you can potentially take the crowd out of it a little bit. Get out of here. That will help. But the Cowboys are locked into some kind of a a flight pattern when they are home at AT AT&T Stadium. They've won 13 in a row there, and the games are not generally close, at least not lately. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Speaking of the Cowboys and their quarterback, good news for Dak Prescott. He and his girlfriend have recently shared publicly that they are about to have a baby girl. Definitely could say it would have been harder um, earlier in my career. Um, But it just comes with growth, comes with growing up, comes with, yeah, it comes with life. Something I'm super excited about, super blessed. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, honestly, being in this position, being blessed like this earlier in my career. Uh, God's timing is everything. Um, But also, you know, I credit credit Sarah Jane and just the sense of allowing me to focus on on, on what what, what I want to, especially um, knowing what this means to me. and yeah, that's a who, who deserves a lot of credit for allowing me to, to to be able to balance this. His girlfriend is Sarah Jane, and she recently put on Insta a really well, it was the classy photo, but a photo of her bare baby bump. And she is pretty far along. They managed to keep the secret for quite a while. In fact, they already know that they're having a girl. And Dak Prescott goes on to say. He's always wanted to be the father of a little girl because he lost his mom a decade ago to colon cancer, and it's been tough. And he was really close to his mom and had to watch her go through that. And yeah, he credits the recent success, his success recently, to one particular factor. It's the dad strength is why I'm playing that way. (laughs) It's the dad strength. I like it. Yeah, he's had some pretty impressive numbers over the last few weeks. Going back to... What would you say? The Niners game is probably the last time that he played really poorly. Uh, And we've heard Micah Parsons, his teammate, tout him as MVP. And yet what we're seeing from Dak, nearly 3,000 yards passing. He's got 23 touchdowns. So he's among the lead leaders in that category. Only six picks. And I swear five of them came in the Niners game. Okay, maybe not all, maybe not that many, but it did feel like there were a lot of them. There were three in the Niners game, so I was close. He hasn't thrown a pick since the game against the Giants. So now he's got back-to-back games in which he's not thrown an interception. And the only real aberration, that the terrible game was against the Niners in which he threw three picks. But he is coming off a 331-yard game against the Commanders, uh, against the Giants, 400 yards. Against the Eagles, he had 374. Remember, they lost that game by, well, a couple of plays that could have gone a completely different direction. 304 against the Rams. Yeah, which one of these is not like the other? It's definitely that Niners game. What did Micah Parsons tell us? Laugh now, cry later. Laugh now, cry later. Don't you love how the Edge with Micah Parsons podcast has sound effects? It does. It's got. It's almost like Nickelodeon. It's got cartoonish sound effects. Laugh now, cry later. <laughs> That's what about the uh, period end of story? Point blank period. Point blank period. Oh, that one doesn't. You can hear him a lot of times in the clips that they put on Bleacher Report, which is the home for his podcast, that there are, in fact, sound effects that are dropped in. Or if you watch it on video, you can see that that a producer 
like yourself, Jay, has dropped in sound effects. Always with these quick transitions. He always hits those whooshes and the whooshes. <laughs> I think that's like the new editing style that they like on TikTok. Or Wait, are you going to edit me that way? We don't our really podcast? Do- are you going to add sound effects to our podcast? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Not to the <laughs> podcast. That's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> I make plenty of sound effects on my own. What if I just, you can just whoosh it and then like. Whoosh it. Then we'll be accused of copying Micah Parsons. We could have AI do it. We could. What's do, a cool noise? Wait, do we, we have could? access to AI? Boom is a pretty cool noise. Boom for the transitions. That works. Do we have access to AI? Yes. We do? do. You do? Mm-hmm. Where? Somewhere. Uh, wow, it sounds very secretive. <laughs> I think, I, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be, if I'm allowed to reveal, but I do. Wow, this is really intriguing. Are you pilfering it off the internet? Are you stealing it from someone else? No, I have a source. I got a guy. Oh I got an AI guy. <laughs> I need to hear more about this. Don't worry, we won't tell anyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Oh, we got a secret here on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. My two quarterbacks uh, that would be, it would be Dak and Jalen. I think they're playing uh, some of the best football right now. Um, And then outside of them, I think it would be Tyreek Hill. We're talking about non-football. Tyreek Hill... Um, it would be um, a Miles Garrett or, or it will be a uh, Deron Bland, of course. I think them five should be in this MVP conversation, um, point blank period. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. According to Micah Parsons, football and life, according to Micah Parsons, he is highly entertaining. Wait until you hear what he has to say about the money that he's got riding on Defensive Player of the Year. (laughs) And he agrees with Tom Brady that the football is mediocre right now, though he has a different reason for saying so. Uh, He believes that it's more because the rules have made it impossible for the defense 
to go out there and do its jobs without getting flags. It's it, He thinks the rules have made it impossible for the defense to tackle and to hit and to really be effective. Now, I would disagree. I think you look around. There's plenty of really good defenses. But what he's saying is that the rules are so tilted in favor of the offense that they're kind of hamstrung as members of a defense. So we're asking you, do you agree with Tom Brady and Micah Parsons about mediocre football in the NFL, or do you think the football has been great? Competitive. We didn't ask you a yes-no question, though. On Twitter, After Hours CBS, or my Twitter, A-Law Radio, we're asking, how would you rate the football we've seen through Week 12? We've got a variety of answers. Of course, all of the negative ones blame the officials. Of course, because it's always their fault. Nathan's in Miami. Nathan, welcome to After Hours CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Amy, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, just a quick question for you. <clears throat> down in Miami, we got uh, Jalen Phillips. He just went down with an Achilles, of course, uh, MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. We just signed Jason Pierre-Paul. Do you think he's got anything left in the tank? I mean, can he take a little pressure off the other um, defensive tackles we got? And I'll, I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts on that signing. All right. Thanks, Nathan. I love his experience. I do love the fact that JPP has played in a couple of different programs. And obviously, we know when he was younger – uh, he was a wrecking ball. I don't think the Dolphins would sign him if he didn't have anything left. But if you're asking him to rack up 10 sacks before the end of the year, well, I, I, that's probably a little bit too high of an expectation. But he was with the Saints going back to mid-November. And so he, it's not as though he was out of the NFL. He was still working. He was still in shape. He was still getting paid, even though practice roster, practice squad may not seem to you like it's anything impressive or or to anyone really. He was still playing football. Those guys are still working out. They're still doing the same thing. A lot of times providing the the defense or, you know, the scout for the prep for that game week. So yeah, still getting paid. What you're asking him to do is put some pressure on the other side, as Nathan points out. And I, I like the experience that these guys bring to the table because he he has had nearly 100 sacks in his career. He's played 14 years. I love old dudes in sports because their wisdom, their experience, their knowledge, their vision, what they see, what they know, what they can draw on. And then, of course, coming in touch with their own sports mortality, they never take it for granted either. They may not be as ex- as explosive, as athletic, certainly not as fast. The spin move may not fool anyone. But wily and crafty and clever, those all count for something. You stick around and you have longevity when you figure out new ways to be good at what you do that aren't just based supremely on your athleticism. I think at the very least, he's someone that opposing lines and yeah. coaches have to know that he's there. You have to not, you have maybe to not game, game plan, plan for, him. for him. Maybe not around him anymore, but you mm-hmm. have to know that he is going to be on the field when he's on the field. Yeah, I mean, they're not looking for someone who's going to step in and be Jalen Phillips. Right. right. Who was tied for the team lead with six and a half sacks. I know it was a really painful moment for Miami. Put the damper on that game on Friday. 
So, yeah, he's not looking to replace him, but you can't ignore him. Sheer size means you can't ignore him. Size and, like you said, just bulk and craftiness. craftiness. Yeah. yeah, all of those things. It's a little bit like a Chris Paul. And, and Chris Paul is now accepting a backup role. He's older. He's not going to blow by anyone. But the fact that he's so smart and he's seen so much, there really isn't anything on a basketball court he hasn't seen except for a championship in confetti. But same thing with JPP. There's nothing he hasn't seen on a football field. So he's a wealth of knowledge and information too. So I hope that he gets out there. I hope that he can provide a little balance, a little stability, and younger guys can pick his brain. Not to mention, think of the teams he's seen, the coaches and the systems he's familiar with in the NFL. If nothing else, he can be intel and information, uh, scout himself as they're going into matchups. You can never have too much information. Never. So for that reason, I like it. Mac is in Buffalo. Let's quick welcome Mac. Hi. Welcome to After Hours. Mac. Oh, he's listening to the show. People don't recognize that we're on a 30-second delay. And did you tell him, Jay? Did you tell him to turn down his radio and listen through the phone? Yes. Uh, people were ignoring you. Mac was ignoring you. So yeah. I, I don't need to hear myself back for 30 seconds before. Yeah, we're on a 30-second delay, which means what you're listening to. So Mac's hearing us right now talk about the fact that he missed his shot. He's saying hello right now. No, he's not. <laughs> he's hearing us talk about the fact that that he missed his chance. Mac had one shot. Shoot your shot, Matt. Shoot your shot. <laughs> he missed it. Missed the target. <laughs> Entirely. He fired off uh, an arrow and it went wide of the target. <laughs> oh, poor Mac. Sorry, Mac. Sorry. Thanks for calling. Rough week for people named Mac. Thanks for playing. Oh. <laughs> How about guys named Max? No? Uh. <laughs> All right. We're taking your ratings for the NFL season on Twitter and Facebook. You guys crack me up. I'm some good you, right now. Some of you absolutely hate the officiating. <laughs> and I know you watch just so you have more reasons to blame the refs. If you can't blame your quarterback, if you can't fire a head coach, well, then the refs are the next best. Got to find something, right? <laughs> Sometimes it's the radio host. Sometimes. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Jones takes the snap, back to throw, under pressure, throws it right, and it's intercepted. Bobby Okereke with the pick, running up the right sideline across midfield. Needs a block, still on his feet. Inside the 30 and tackled at the 25-yard line. Mac Jones with his second interception. I'm good right now. I, I really want to be the quarterback here. Um, I've always wanted to be a quarterback in the NFL and specifically for the Patriots. And um, Like I said, I got a lot of room to grow and everything. And I'm going to just continue to work hard and, and do all the things I can to put myself in a position to have success. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Mac Jones under fire. Coming up next hour, you'll hear Bill Belichick answer the question of his starting quarterback this weekend. Or 
I use the term answer loosely. He does provide an answer. <laughs> I've covered it. Uh-huh. My favorite Bill Belichick this week, though, has nothing to do with quarterbacks, which is strange because most of what he's talking about these days in terms of having to answer questions, so he doesn't really want to talk about it, but the questions being thrown at him revolve around quarterback. But the, my favorite this week, do you have it, Jay? The R word where he's asked about having another job already lined up when the New England Patriots inevitably let him go or when Bob Kraft seeks to go in a different direction at coach. There's talk that Belichick will be <clears throat> traded. Now, it's not a trade like we know it with players, uh, but it it becomes that. There has to be compensation going the other direction, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> the question is a brave soul who posed this question. To Bill Belichick at a press conference this week about the idea that he had another job already lined up when the inevitable parting with Bob Kraft and the Patriots takes place. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, he better never leave the NFL because I I won't be able to stand not having Bill Belichick's humor. Well, we think it's funny. I don't I don't believe that he thinks it's funny. It's ridiculous. I mean. At this point, though, if you're asking that question to Bill Belichick, did you expect anything else? Mm-mm. At any point. Do you believe it? Um, I, I, I think he's thought about maybe a move or another option. I don't think that he's actively like has a, a place in that he's like set to go to yet, like the, the question implied. But has he has it crossed his mind of a new place where he could go to? I think it might have. Well, maybe it's crossed his mind because it's not going well at work. We all, most of us, would tend to think of another gig or another job or a new opportunity when it's not going well. But at the same time, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy who is a quitter, quote-unquote, meaning a lot of these personnel decisions are his. So he's left to build the rosters. For the most part, there's been more input from Bob Kraft, reportedly more input from Bob Kraft over the past couple years and maybe the Tom Brady decisions weren't all his, but he's the one who put the roster together for the most part. He has autonomy over who plays and who doesn't. Bob Kraft is not going to tell. He's the opposite of David Tepper. He's not going to tell him how to play and who to play and all that kind of stuff. So I think just inevitably, because it's human nature, we tend to look around and see, huh, I wonder if that job or this job. Now, granted, the Panthers job would not be a better deal for Bill Belichick. My gosh, can you imagine? No. You want to talk about a peeing contest on the fire hydrant between him and David Tepper? No way. He can't go to a place where there's a meddling owner. No. He, he can't. That I would one, imagine if he went any anywhere else, he would have full reign to do whatever he wants, right? I guess it depends on where the franchise is. I don't think he would go anywhere. I'll put it this way. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would go anywhere where he did not have autonomy over football decisions. I'd agree. But there are places where that works. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, they are a, they're a, a package deal, right? They're one of the old married couples in sports. They work extremely well together. It doesn't appear that there's any type of friction between the two of them, though they're both alpha males. John Lynch is a Hall of Fame player. And Kyle Shanahan came from an iconic coaching family. His dad is Mike Shanahan. He's been in a bunch of different franchises. He had a ton of experience before he took over. 
Ultimately, though, I'm not sure people know this. John Lynch is the GM, but Kyle has final say. That's how they set it up when they took the job in San Francisco. Now, according to all reports, their relationship is one in which they they talk over everything. They've got two different perspectives, right? Coaching and playing. But ultimately, Kyle gets final say. So it's the coach there who also has final say. I think in the case of the Seahawks, Pete Carroll has a lot of input. Now, I don't know if he has final say, but I'll bet money he did. I don't know that for sure. But with him and John Schneider, I can't imagine John puts a player on his roster that Pete doesn't say, yeah, I want him or yeah, I don't. Or no, I don't. Uh, Andy Reid. Similar type of thing, right? Building, again, Brett Veach is the one who, it's Veach, right? Brett Veach is the one who, who is the general manager and makes the decisions, but those two work very closely together, very closely Similar together. with the Giants, so they brought in Joe Shane and Brian Dayball, both from Buffalo. Together, together. exactly. Now they're like a package kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know who has final say, but they are, they are hand in hand. Right. Speaking of the Giants, it was the Giants... Radio Network with Bob Papa, who intercepted Mac Jones, who then got him benched at halftime, only to see Bailey Zappi come in and also throw an interception that led to the go-ahead field goal for the Giants, who won 10-7. to What a game. In yeah, the rain. Ridiculous. In the rain. Want to hear something funny? You'll laugh at this. I forgot to tell you this, actually. You'll be hearing this for the first time on the air right now. A friend from my previous network who I, he and I lived in the same town, real good friends with his family. In fact, I went to see John Williams uh, at, where is it, in Western Massachusetts. I forgot the name of the, shoot, what's the name of it? It's a, it's a concert venue in Western Massachusetts, and now I forgot the name of it. Anyway, it was awesome. Famous? Yeah, it's famous. Anyway, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they're friends of mine from Connecticut. I work with them on my previous network, and he texted me and said, hey, the friends that have the tickets next to us at MetLife Stadium, so they share a season ticket package with another group of friends, and so they know the people who are always sitting next to them. They can't go this weekend. They offered us their tickets. Would you like to go? Oh. <laughs> so I I did tell him, I'm sorry I'm out of state right now, and explained to him what happened with Bob's family and that I was unable to go on Sunday and did say how sorry I was. So I got off the plane around 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, had to go straight home, had to get ready for covering all the other games. And as I'm watching that game, because, of course, we had full coverage of that game uh, in the New York market, the New York Metro, I thought, thank the Lord. I'm not sitting in the rain watching that. Horrid football, horrible weather, horrible commute, I'm sure it would have been on the way in on the way out. Oh, I can't oh. think of any positive there would have been to going to that game. Oh, <laughs> Like literally not one. You know, I always enjoy, don't get me wrong, I enjoy going to games in person, not on Sundays when I have to work because it stresses me out. I have so much uh, other action that I have to cover and I can't do it adequately if I'm sitting at one stadium, which is why I don't generally go to NFL games on Sundays. But that would have been... Torture, actually, as in torture. Cold, wet. Could you imagine? Uh, no, no, no way. <laughs> Would you have gone to that game if someone Hell offered you? No. Oh, come on. If someone offered you free tickets? No chance. That's your team. I went to week four. They Seahawks. won. That was for me. I saw enough of this team. <laughs> One hour to go. Good morning to you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 